It is Lights Camera Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. Megamind is back. One of the most iconic DreamWorks animated characters and movies. Now there's a new movie and series for Megamind fans. Megamind versus the Doom Syndicate and Megamind Rules premiere this Friday, March 1st on Peacock. Joining me, the director of the movie and executive producer of the series, Eric Fogel. Hi, Eric. Congratulations on these. Thanks, Jackson. Happy to be here. Man, it's been 13 years, a little over that since the first Megamind movie. What excited you about diving back into this character? I think when the original movie ended, you know, we were in an interesting place with Megamind going from supervillain to superhero. And I think as a fan of that original movie, I wanted to see what life would be like for him as a hero defending Metro City, or as he likes to call it, Metrocity. Yes, yes, that's very funny. And yeah, I think a lot of us wondered what was going to happen next. I remember when Megamind came out in November 2010 and it blew people away because of the spin that it had on the superhero genre when the modern superhero movie impact of it all was just getting going. Do you remember the immediate impact it had on you? I do. I mean, it it was almost uh, almost ahead of its time, wasn't it? When it came out, you know, it was right. I think I, the original Iron Man had had just come out like it probably a year before. So it was just slightly ahead of it, of that curve in terms of the way it kind of skewered um, the superhero genre. Yeah. And now we're, we're back in it. Yes. Back in Metro City. And this takes place, the movie, Megamind versus the Doom Syndicate, just a couple days after the events of the first movie. Was that an easy decision for you to say, hey, let's pick it up basically right where we left off. So that was, yeah, and that was a product of the the brilliant script that Alan Schoolcraft and Brent Simons wrote, the original writers of the original film, and it was their idea to basically just pick it up as if no time had passed, and through the magic of animation, we can do that. And it's amazing, you know, he hasn't aged a day. That's right. That's right. And there is a new name for one of the main characters in it. Uh, Minion becomes old chum. You guys have a very clever way of uh, getting into why that happened. So, you know, there was another film that came out uh, in this very same year in 2010 called Despicable Me with some little characters that you may or may not have heard of called Minions. And so we just felt, you know, maybe it'd just be easier just to kind of sidestep that that whole situation and just give him a new name chum yeah you know it yeah. means uh it means shark bait it also means old friend so yes you choose yes that that works very well good decision there and it works great new name and the voice actor in this voicing megamind is keith ferguson keith is been one of the most in-demand voice actors of the last 20 years, providing some voice work as Lightning McQueen in some of the Cars shorts as well. He is great and and really, really talented. Thank you. Yeah, one of the, you know, one of the most challenging things was, I mean, that original voice cast was stellar, right? Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, Jonah Hill, Brad Pitt. Um, And so, you know, you know, my hat goes off to the to the incredible casting department that we work with at DreamWorks, who are able to bring in these super talented voice actors to not not only 
sort of emulate what was done back then, but but then build on it. And Keith, you know, he's he's a voiceover legend and he just brings so much kind of pathos and, and humor to this character. He's also a brilliant um, improvisational actor. So working with him and, and all the voice cast was was just a delight for me. Yeah, let's get into the story of the movie a little bit. Megamind versus the Doom Syndicate. I like, as as we get into the first third of the movie, how we are introduced to the Doom Syndicate and all of the different personalities that they have. It's really clever. Tell everyone about the, the role of the Doom Syndicate and the influence they have on Megamind and what's going on in this film. So... For me, the, the model for, for the Doom Syndicate and the way that they sort of influenced Megamind in the story uh, was the film Raising Arizona. Mm. And uh, I think if you if you might recall, you know, H.I. McDonough trying to just live a live a life with with Holly Hunter and, you know, they steal a baby. And then and then these these, you know, characters come back from his past. And they just sort of hunker down in his house and, you know, what are we going to do today? I, they, they still think he's a bad guy. It was a very similar thing here. And that was that was that. So using that reference really helped me kind of get into the zone in terms of who the Doom Syndicate are and were for Megamind. So so in the past, you know, the, and we did do a little world building here, but. In the past, it turns out Megamind was part of a, a supervillain team, and and the Doom Syndicate was that team. They don't necessarily know or believe that he's a good guy. They think he's sort of fronting. So when they come in, they're like, "Yeah, you, you know, you, you fooled them all. What are we going to do now? How, what, what kind of crimes are we going to commit?" And and that puts Megamind in this really dicey situation where he has to kind of, you know, walk this this razor razor's edge between them finding out he's a good guy and and still playing the role of the hero. Yeah, I love Raising Arizona. That's a fantastic comparison. And it makes so much sense. Oh, it does. Megamind fans, get ready for the new movie and the new show this Friday on Peacock. I've got Eric Fogel here with me on the LCJ Q&A podcast. What everyone will be able to explore as well is the dynamic between Roxanne and Kiko, new character in this. And I really enjoyed that. Tell me about the goals that you had with that. Well, so Keiko, you know, original character new to this world. And I think with with that character, we wanted to bring in a, a new point of view mm -hmm. and kind of, a, you know, a younger perspective and someone that could sort of call Megamind out. You know, Megamind is a little bit of a he's a little bit of a dinosaur when it comes to technology and when it comes to social media. So she's going to be there to sort of help him along with that. And she's a super fan. So she just wants to be part of this team as well. And she sort of earns the right to do so. Right. And then, as you as you pointed out, there's a really nice relationship that builds between Keiko and Roxanne as you know, Megamind's kind of supporting team there, you know, building on this team that he has. And they they both really play very, very important roles in, in his life and in his world. And it's it's nice to see those relationships build as the series progresses. And they really do in, in very satisfying ways, uh, the relationships really, really build and culminate. And I'm so excited for people to just see this thing, you know, all the way through. 
Correct. Yes. And someone very important in your life, especially your career, is Tony Hale, the star of Archibald's Next Big Thing, which you worked on and brought to life a, a wonderful show. And now with the Megamind movie, you get to reunite with Tony Hale, who has a great supporting role in this. How was it collaborating with him again? I love Tony, and uh, I knew that I wanted to find a place for him in this show. So he's, you know, a light supporting or a light reoccurring character throughout the series. He shows up, you know, first in the movie as uh, Mel and then as Mr. Donut. And he he's a he's a delight. And he just everything that comes out of his mouth makes me laugh. And I'm so happy we were able to have him back for this. Yeah, what a talented uh, voice actor and, and actor and comedian. And another talented individual with quite a voice is Adam Lambert. And Adam does the main theme song. You hear it a little bit in the movie. It's the theme song for the show. He voices a character as well. I went to a concert of his many years ago, just after he uh, was the runner-up on Idol. And wow, he is uh, a powerhouse. Yeah, we, I mean, we won the lottery with him. And, you know, so he originally, you know, he auditioned for the role of Machiavellian. And, you know, we all, all of us collectively just felt that he just brought that, that, that voice and that character to another level. And it wasn't even a question. It was sort of a, a unanimous. Yeah, yeah. Like he's the guy. Mm -hmm. And he came in, like, I remember that first day very unassuming, very personable, just a sweetheart. And, you know, from day one, just working with him, it was always like, you know, I, I think I could try that again. I, th I think I could do that a little bit better. And and it was always that, you know, just giving us so much and, and more than we would ever, <laughs> ever imagine uh, in terms of voicing that character. And then, yeah, to be able to to utilize that that singing voice, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but it it becomes very important uh, later in the series um, his his musicality, and I'll, I'll leave it there. Okay, but, uh, cool. I'm so I'm so excited for you for you guys to experience what he does later. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I I have the song in my head. I've had the song in my head all day. Get ready for this interview, and I've had it for three years in my <laughs> in my head. <laughs> three years? Did he really record it close to three years ago? Uh, it feels that way, but I, I've I've been working on this for almost three years now, so it's it's been a quite a journey. So you know, to finally have it have it out in the world is uh, it's huge for me. Wow! So a movie and a TV series come out on the same day. Does that mean you work on a movie and a series simultaneously? Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was very, uh, it was a very interesting experience, very challenging experience um, to, to be able to do that. But one that I, I knew that I was, I was up for. And, you know, part of what drew me to this project was the idea that I got to make a movie. So I knew we were going to be able to figure it out. It was all kind of constructed within a TV animation pipeline. Um, but that said, I knew that, you know, we needed to make this thing cinematic and feel sort of epic. And I'm so proud of what we were able to pull off with a with really like a like a really minuscule budget. <laughs> um, but it doesn't feel that way. It really, I think, really feels like a movie. And the series, 
carries that feeling. So it's, you know, this kind of cinematic quality doesn't stop with the movie. It right. carries all the way through the series. Yeah. Good job. That must have been a major test of your brain to keep track of everything and to handle everything doing something like this. It requires a, it's, 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 you know, you have to be good at puzzles, you know, and, and really sort of, and, you know, one of the things that as a, as a filmmaker and, and certainly as like a showrunner on this show to, to be, you know, part of every single part of the process from writing through voice recording, through, through design and boards and everything. So, so having all that knowledge is, is, is really crucial in terms of informing the teams, what we need, what, because sometimes people come into these things without knowing the full picture. So it was really my job to sort of provide context of like, here's where we are now, here's where we're going, here's what has to happen here, here, and here, and, and this is why. And it's all this sort of compartmentalized information that you sort of dole out, and that's how you do it. <laughs> you pull it off, you do. Wow, yes. So DreamWorks has had a major success rate when it comes to taking adaptations of their movies and turning them into television series. You look at Penguins of Madagascar and Kung Fu Panda and Trolls and Dragon and Croods and Abominable, and now we have Megamind. What does that say to you, and after your experience working on this Megamind movie and show, about the power of these characters and their transition to a television format? Um, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to, to make that jump. Uh, I think that for Megamind, having Alan and Brent as part of the team and and really you know basically you know head writers and and exec producers that was crucial for me and and you know knowing that they were coming back is again is also you know one of the major draws for me to be part of this thing knowing that we had that connective tissue and that continuity and that those guys had megamon's back essentially and knew exactly what that character sounds like and 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 what this this world feels like that that allowed me to to sleep at night, you know, knowing that those guys were here and and had my back, and and I could sort of handle everything else. You all put in a lot of hard work over these last few years, and now it is all finally here. When everybody, when you go to Peacock Friday, March first, watch the movie first, Megamind versus the Doom Syndicate. Then watch the TV series, Megamind Rules. Eric Fogel, congratulations and thank you so much for being here today on the LCJ Q and A podcast. Thank you, Jackson. This was fun. Awesome. I am Lights Camera Jackson. For more, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lights-camera-jackson.com and read these Q&As at animationscoop.com. Thank you so much for listening to the LCJ Q&A.